All right, listen, I want to talk about something that is going on in the city of Toronto. And, you know, at first blush, this uh, headline here, uh, which I think is from the Canadian press, says downtown BIA installs planters to urge homeless men into housing. Uh, at first blush, I thought, wow, this sounds a lot like what happened in Victoria. I used to live in Victoria, B.C. back in the uh, days when I first started radio. And there used to be these kids, these like skateboard punks. They'd hang outside the McDonald's. And so McDonald's would play loud music, classical music that they didn't like. And they would hose down the the window every like half an hour to, to make sure they left. So it sounds like something like that. But I, I think we should let the BIA talk about exactly why these planters went in and how this, you know, what their motivation is to putting the planters in in front of a Tim Hortons uh, restaurant. We're joined now by uh, Mark Garner, who's CEO and executive director at the Downtown Young Business Improvement uh, area. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. So tell us the story. This this guy is known as Jay. Actually, let me just set it up and then we'll get into the skinny of the story. He has been hanging around Ryerson campus for a long time, my alma mater. And this is, he hangs in front of the Tim Hortons at Victoria and Dundas Street. So what's been done is he's been displaced by some planter boxes that the BA, BIA has installed specifically for the purpose of getting him into a permanent home. So why don't you take it from there? Well, it's, it's a good story. It's actually a win-win story for both uh, Jay as well as the community of, uh, you know, helping again to get another person off the street. Um, this has been a, it's a very focused, uh, targeted approach with Jay. Um, it has been multiple organizations, up to 20 people that uh, have supported Jay uh, on Wednesday to be able to encourage him to take housing. We have two housing locations currently reserved for him uh, to move into. Um, Jay is one of the, what I would call chronic or critical issues uh, in the area with homelessness. Uh, he's been on the street over 10 years in that exact location. Uh, his health has deteriorated. Uh, he's got some dental issues, among other things, but not to obviously to uh, you know remain uh, confidential to Jay and, and his current needs. Uh, there's some challenges, so it became a crisis, and numerous people have been reaching out to Jay over the last month and a half, two months, and even longer. Uh, to encourage him to get to this uh, care and the housing that we have for him. So as part of that step is obviously to ensure that when Jay takes housing that he knows uh, that he can't come back to this location because if you look at the complications that arise with individuals that have been on the street for an extended period of time, they may take uh, housing for two, three days, or they might reappear back on the street at that location. Uh, so it actually is a step to encourage Jay that housing is the option, that coming back to this location is not, which then, again, helps him get to the care that he needs and the supportive housing that's available for him. Just to make it clear for the people listening, uh, you're talking that Jay, where you set up the planners is where Jay used to set up basically his de facto house. He put a sleeping bag there and he would sleep, correct? For 10 years, yes. Wow. Um, it's amazing that somebody could live in that one spot for 10 years. The uh, I, I'm guessing he gets a lot of help from people that go in and out of the Tim Hortons on a daily basis, and that's probably why he decided to camp out there. Um, you, you know, one couldn't help but think, if he doesn't want to go into a home and you put the planners where he used to sleep, are you prepared to put more planners in the next spot that he takes up? Or, you know, I mean, I have to ask this question. Yeah, and I think that's a fair question, Kelly. No, it's a... It, and it's an appropriate question. It really is to encourage him that this is the spot that he wants to be. There's other underlying reasons why he wants to be in that spot um, that are not disclosed and can't be disclosed for confidential reasons. Okay. But 
um, you know, this is the spot that he wants to be in. And again, it's part of this transition and support network that is around Jay right now to say this is not an option for you anymore. We have to get you to the health and the care that you need, and we need to get you off the street. So this isn't a case of Tim Horton saying, look, at this guy's been sleeping in front of our restaurant for 10 years. Can you do something about it? Well, again, what's it going to take? Does it take a, you know, again, if we don't do this work for Jay and he dies on the street, is yeah. is that what shocks us out of complacency? Mm. Uh, no, it's, it's this individual needs care. The community has come together. Uh, we have success stories on this type of approach with what I call the chronic. It's not somebody that is sleeping on the street. We're not trying to, you know, everybody, this is an inclusive neighborhood. Everybody should belong, and there's rights and privileges for everybody. However, this is a chronic issue. This person's been on the street for 10 years, and if we don't engage as a community, we're going to lose this individual. Uh, And we have successes with other individuals that have been in our neighborhood with this type of approach. Uh, One individual that we had worked with took a year and a half of over 30 people engaging to finally get this individual in housing that had been on the street for over 20 years, not just in this neighborhood, varying neighborhoods across Toronto. And it would be very familiar to you if I told you some of the things that this person used to keep on street. And you go, yeah, I remember that person. But now that person is in care and has a rewarding career and actually getting the medicine and the care that he needs. It's a great success story. And that's what we want for Jay. We're talking with Mark Garner, who's the CEO and executive director of the uh, Downtown Young BIA. Uh, You know, I think people listening right now think, well, when did the BIA get involved with, uh, you know, helping out homeless people? You know, you'd think they're responsible for the businesses in the area. Um, But you guys have been partnered with the Toronto Drop-In Network since December. Tell me a little bit about what you guys are doing. Yeah, it's a a valid point, Kelly. I mean, business improvement areas, um, you know, the traditional model that's out there, we're really evolving that model. We're shifting that paradigm because what we're evolving into based on the intensification that's coming into our neighborhood is a CIA or a community improvement area. Uh, There's no point in having the 45 new international brands that we've got in our area between Nordstrom's, Muji, Uniglo, Saks, uh, if the people on the street are not being addressed. So it's a foundational initiative. We need to participate. We don't own the problem, but we should be at the table because we can assist in multiple ways to help those people in need. Um, So... You know, we do a lot of work. We've got a lot of partners. And the one partner you mentioned, we've done, uh, you know, a lot of outreach in this area for people in need. Uh, We actually have done work with uh, uh, Aboriginal and Indigenous elders uh, to help that community specifically. We don't take a broad brush approach to the issues on street because every individual is unique, has unique circumstances, and they need to be addressed in that way. And we're finding traction by these programs. I thought it was interesting. You ran this uh, one program. It's called Spots as Supporting People on the Streets program. And you, you, um, the Toronto Drop-In Network helped you out with these. You guys ran workshops. And the workshops were to um, educate business owners in the neighborhood how to deal with uh, homeless people that are dealing with their own mental issues, how to support them, and how to de-escalate any situations. Because the reality is they have clients that they have to worry about. Nobody wants to be sitting down and, you know, coming into the city to enjoy, you know, let's say a shopping excursion with their daughter at the Eaton Center, and then they go out to eat at a restaurant, and then someone comes in who is, you know, completely unstable and frightened, and someone handles it poorly 
and everything, you know, uh, goes off the rails when, in fact, there were a few basic strategies that you taught, uh, you know, that the network taught business owners that they could use to make sure everybody was safe and happy. And one of them is as simple as it's important to ensure that your arms are at your side in a non-threatening manner when doing when dealing with somebody that could be, you know, mentally ill and uh, unstable. Yeah, Kelly, you, that partnership with Spots led to, you know, that was a pilot that we did last year. The sessions were uh, significantly supported within our membership, uh, well attended, uh, actually exceeded our capacity. So then we started up again this year in working with Canadian Mental Health. A lot of this is about education. It's removal of stigmatisms around people with uh, that are marginalized in some way or street engaged. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's being able to determine when somebody is uh, starting to escalate uh, to be able to identify that person that's escalating so that you know you can engage and defuse the situation uh, very quickly. Uh, not every call should be to a police 911 call that you can engage in some capacity to defuse the situation. And it's to help to identify uh, those issues that, you know, what are critical ones versus which ones are not and can be handled just by uh, a passerby or, as you say, our businesses. The education has gone over significantly. Uh, there's a lot, as we know, mental illness in Canada is probably the number one issue that's out there amongst the opiate crisis and the drug crisis that we have right now. And this, again, as we found, it's just the educational aspects. So we're educating about 200, uh, you know, just over 200, 300 member businesses on how to address and identify these issues. Think if we all did this in the community, uh, how proactive Toronto would be around these types of issues. I want to just get back to Jay, if I could, um, because, you know, when you're telling me these stories, I'm thinking, yeah, empathy and compassion, it goes a long way to building uh, the community. Uh, Jay's been on the street for 10 years. He's he's had that one spot that he's been in. Uh, he, he gets there and finds out that there or, you know, maybe he was there the whole time watching the planters go up, even though he's being offered two places to stay, two houses. How is he reacting to the planters and what's the next step? So. Uh, again, this outreach was done long before the planters. Jay was uh, talked to about a month and a half, even longer, in regards to this day coming. So he knew this day was coming, and uh, outreach workers were there to help him with this process. Uh, again, when it comes to the actual date and time, and, you know, uh, it's now happening, and he sees it's happening, uh, then he's starting to change his mind, which you have to have the support mechanisms. Uh, Jay knew this was coming. Uh, we've all been around him and supporting him to help him through this issue. Because, again, 10 years on the street, uh, imagine the, uh, the change that he's going through to all of a sudden be in a closed environment and potentially socially isolated. Now he's got a roof over his head, but he's still socially isolated. So is he there? Uh, he is not there yet. We're still working with him because he has not. he's refused, and you can't mm-hmm. force him no, into housing. So we're working with him daily, almost hourly, uh, to you know continue to work with him to get him to this point uh, where it's the best thing for him to get the appropriate supportive care, to get his dental work done, and other things that he has had or has right now that need to be addressed for him. So it's a real, you know, like I say, there's 20 people engaged hand-holding this individual to help get him off the street finally so that he doesn't die on the street. All right. Well, listen, I uh, I am so happy you joined us, Mark, because there's a lot more to this story than a headline. And it's good to have you on to get into the uh, the real meat of what's going on. This is a very human story. And, uh, you know, uh, fingers are crossed it all works out for Jay.
Yeah, no, I appreciate it, Kelly. And again, it's a win-win for everybody. If this is a, we hope that it's going to be a successful story at uh, the end of this weekend and Jay's getting the care that he needs. Thanks so much, Mark. Have yourself Thanks, a Kelly. fantastic afternoon. You too. Cheers. Bye. All right, Mark Garner, CEO and Executive Director of the Downtown Young BIA.